Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we thought we'd check in because we went to the movies to see Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And if you like talking about it. Mm-hmm. Directed by Bill Condon, written by Stephen Chbosky. Chbosky, and, the uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Sure. Okay. Evan Speliotopoulos or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. It was released uh, a couple days ago, the 17th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opening what, weekend. Yeah. What'd you think of it? Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. What about you? I really liked it. Okay. I I mean, I have some, you know, minor niggles and whatnot, but I thought it was really good. I, I'm a bit puzzled by the reception of this movie. Like it seemed like it had a weird undercurrent of ill will towards it from certain mm-hmm. segments. I mean, some of that I think is just like red pillars, like mad that Emma Watson is a feminist and in movies. You know? <gasps> yeah. But I feel like there's a, also a certain anger at making a live action version of a cartoon, mm-hmm. like just the very idea that they would make this movie people are upset about, which we're, uh, we're nostalgia, like in intertextuality kind of yeah. merge. Yeah. Uh, I can't claim to be very angry about it. I don't know. They're almost different mediums. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Was, they have the technology now to do it live. I thought it looked pretty cool. I, uh, Obviously, they're not remotely the same thing, but I, I just remember going to the theater and being so fucking bored during like Les Miserables. And oh, like, the new one? Yeah, the new mm-hmm. one. And then like just this, other than I felt like some of the middle kind of slowed down, like mm-hmm. this was just so much more. The good parts of this were so good. And there were so many weird little things that you could hang your hat on too. I only made it like maybe 40 to 50 minutes into Les Mis before I bailed, but mm. I I would say in general the musical sequence in this were much better. Yeah. I mean that movie is like a bonkers mess. But um this was this was fun. Especially at the end. I was having a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dragged a little in mm-hmm. the second act, but that happens in a lot of second acts. Mm-hmm. Um so we don't really have opening statements or anything because we just saw it. But no, um it was a movie. I mean two thirds of you have already seen this by the time you've got this podcast, I'm sure. Or you're about to or you Probably. have plans of your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was packed. It was packed. I found myself not being able to get annoyed about the little kids in the theater because I'm the grown ass man in a movie scene, Beauty and the Beast, which is made for mostly kids. But you know, I felt honored to have the pop up video, like running commentary of the two teen girls next to me, like <laughs> about the fashion and just oh really? They were just like whenever like Emma Watson would come on a scene she hadn't been on a scene for like two minutes, they'd be like, oh, perfect, <laughs> she's perfect. And I want to be like, you're right. This is two of my three favorite working Emmas in show business. Emma Thompson being the other. That's right. That's right. Who's the third? Emma Stone? Yeah, of course. Okay. You provincial monster. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, let's just get into our top moments. Uh, any honorable mentions? Um, I'm half tempted to push some of the inflections of Josh Gad, especially in the bar dancing sequence, into my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you just go ahead and push it? Okay, in? it's in. <laughs> what about you? Um, I have a few. Uh, the Bonjour song is definitely stuck in my head right now, and probably will be for several days. So I feel like I should put that in the honorable mentions. Oh, I was. I've been fighting not like humming "Be Our yeah. Guest" on the drive home. Um, I have a rant later about the the auto tune stuff, but I'll, I'll save that for later. Um, this is a rant you've been working on since before you saw the movie, though, right? Like you saw an article on the internet, you got upset. This is a rant. And that's that, why you were like, this, like this episode. 
like a constant rant that I've had for like several years, not even related to this movie in general. You've had a constant auto-tuned rant ready to go? Not necessarily ready to go, but just a general feeling of annoyance whenever I see anyone on the internet complain about auto-tune. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, do you have any more honorable mentions? No, no, no. Uh, my other one, I mean, this is in the trailer. It's an easy one, but uh, Gaston admiring himself in the mirror is just uh, such a simple gag, but yeah. so perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what's your number three? Um, the beginning of the movie when Emma Watson's is prancing around her town, like after the prologue, you know, and it seems so nice at first, this, this cute little quaint town. And here she is. She's smart. She's charming. She's babelicious. And then everyone's just like, look at this fucking goofball. A girl <laughs> reading? Bah. I was like, whoa, that, that turned, <laughs> that turned fast. Now you're teaching another girl to read. What the fuck? You dump your fucking laundry in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. My number three is uh bell getting a snowball in the face. I don't know why. Like I, I almost expected it to like cut away from that moment to her having like a bloody nose or something. Cause that was just like a huge fucking snowball. She took to the face. She might have, she I mean, might, she, she like went straight down. Yeah. Well, like you see a little bit of it in uh, uh, Harry Potter, but Emma Watson might have like really amazing like physical comedy chops that she mm-hmm. doesn't get to utilize as much. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, that was, I don't know. There, there's some goofy, funny little moments like that between her and the beast. Yeah. There's some great, like throughout the movie, CGI, like beast sneers or goofy faces. Uh <laughs> Uh, my number two is at the end when they've all turned back into real people and it's so touching. And then I feel like the promise that the movie's made to you for two hours is fulfilled because there's Ewan McGregor basically doing the Pontius Louis XIV version of Hercule Poirot. Mon ami, it's his eye, Lumiere. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's even better than I imagined. And then when they do like the little cast thing where everyone does like a little moment for the credits, he's so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, as as you could probably guess, Lumiere is going to rank high <laughs> for us. Uh, kind of related to that, at my number two is just the be our guest sequence. Um, I I know that there was like a lot of like worrying before the movie came out that like his French accent was like almost like Spanish or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like he just totally nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what can you say about Ian McGregor? He's a fucking pro. And exactly. That, that whole sequence, like. I've never done acid before, but I feel like if I was going to, I would do it while watching that sequence because it was just like insane, like the mm-hmm. just crazy colors and visuals and everything. I mean, that was like almost out of like Doctor Strange or something. Well, I was like, here's a bunch of fucking food. Here's some more fucking food. Here's some more fucking food. No, you can't eat me. You can't have any of it. <laughs> yeah. Also, the toilet has a sentient mind of its own. Blah. Yeah. Um, different soundtrack. And that would have been a real horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my number one is the aforementioned beast whacking Emma Watson in the face with a big ass snowball. What makes it even more perfect? Because she throws like one at him and it's cute and she's playful, and then he throws this giant fucking one at her. As they cut to like part of the montage of where he's now going to join her at the dinner table. And Dance even starts singing this big goofy voice, like, She never turned around at my bar. <laughs> and I was like, perfect note to follow it on. <laughs> Uh, my number one was the kind of the very Barack prologue sequence, um, just mostly just for the art direction, like the look of the beast before 
he turns is like so insane. Like it really made me want to see them just go all full in and make like a uh, like a Neil Stevenson's Baroque Cycle movie. Like just the the craziness of all the costumes and everything and the set you know set pieces and everything. Like it just looks really cool. Yeah. Plus, I think the beauty in general of this movie being a live action adaptation of a Disney story version of an old French mm-hmm. fairy tale. I never really thought about in the original that the town is named after the author of the original story. But like, and with like talking furniture and shit that like basically goes home alone, die hard at the end, is that you can have people of color, you can have Lafoe being gay. Um, and kind of an old throwback 80s depiction of homosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, Gaston is just Gastoning it up, and like, I felt like Josh Gad was gonna be like biting his pillow or something the whole time. But I love that it can be a little like over the top and weird and crazy. And, and I love that there was like fucking kids all over the theater, and it's like, this is, this is totally normal, kid. It's totally cool as much as this is. <laughs> well, I think, you know, a cartoon can certainly do a lot you can't do in a movie, but live action, I think, especially to me, the set design mm-hmm. was just something that doesn't come through in a cartoon, mm-hmm. you know, like just to see that, you know, French Baroque style and all of its, you know, gilded mm-hmm. insane insanity there. Uh, it was just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, any complaints? Um, aforementioned the middle kind of slowed down it felt like a little bit yeah i thought they could have tightened it up a little there were like kind of these two really minor plot threads there's bell wondering how her mom died and then even more brief the the mention that beast's dad like raised him to be like an asshole or something after Basically, his mom died like frank tj at him yeah but it was so brief that it like it was like they didn't do enough to really justify it being there. I felt like it was just like, oh, his mom died too. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I would have loved to see more of his uh, pre-beast look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. After he like Bowie's up. <laughs> totally. Uh, um, I thought you mentioned earlier the whole business with the laundry where they get mad that she's teaching the girl to read. I thought she just invented the laundry machine. There was like a weird cut where like the don't teach them to read and then like cut to them just like dumping out her laundry. It felt like there was like a shot missing somewhere in well, there. They kind of like rush over to her and then, yeah, then we cut to the laundry being dumped out and it was like, it, it just seemed weird. Like you were missing yeah. like five seconds of footage in between that would make it a little more. Oh, and, and yeah, what the hell could it have been? But other than like jarring, like violence of a crowd attacking two women. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it was just, if for a second, I, I wasn't sure what was happening because the cut was so abrupt, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess they dumped her laundry out. And I, I mean, I like the modifications they did to to the character to make her more more modern, make her more uh, it's not the right word, but respectable. Like she's she's got all the makings of like if she wanted to be like a steampunk hero. I mean, her dad goes off on his merry way and, and she just kind of on a whim, just like creates a laundry machine, you know, which is pretty awesome um unless you're the donkey yeah unless you're the donkey but whatever um one last minor thing i don't know curious what you thought about this it's been a long time since i saw the original so maybe i'm just remembering it differently than it was but i felt like 
when the and during the sequence the songs in this when the chorus would sing mm-hmm. i found it harder to understand the lyrics than i recall in the old cartoon version like i felt like when the chorus sang it was like i i you know they're keeping the tune but i can't totally tell what they're saying sometimes yeah um yeah whereas i feel like in the in my memory at least in the old cartoon you'd know exactly what they're singing at all times yeah it was definitely a lot cleaner um which i mean maybe that was just because they wanted to be more i don't know authentic and just have a bunch of people literally sing at the same time like they might just be recording it differently or something mm-hmm. uh, and so it's kind of a little bit muddled because not everyone's in sync but right um yeah those would be my main issues um yeah let's just jump into general discussion i guess yeah, I mean, it's just watching this movie. It's just fascinating to me, like the movies that kind of mold over it that we've seen recently. Like we mentioned, uh, or I mentioned Lesmiz, 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 and you got like uh, what did I say, Lesmiz. Um, you got like Snow White and the Huntsman and, and oh. Maleficent and all these other things. And did you see Maleficent? I did. I did not. This is a much more successful <laughs> adaptation of the story. Um just like cinderella and i don't know it's just this just worked i thought um i just i fear like what will come because this worked like (laughs) the floodgates will be open for more live action adaptations that won't work i'm sure it's going to be a lot more old musical type Mm -hmm. stuff redone i would love to see more of the kind of like european fairy tale stuff Mm -hmm. like maybe just because i played the witcher a lot least recently but like Anytime it had that sort of European fairy tale vibe, like really cranked up, you know, with like just the where even the forest is like designed to be spooky and weird, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I just I could definitely do with more of that. I want to say that I heard that they're going to do Mulan. They're doing Mulan. They're doing but they the Lion King. Fortunately, doing like an all Asian cast to move on. So Lion King, like really just all CGI. Well, it's because uh, the Jungle Book, they, you know, learned how to do it with that. Oh, so, okay. yeah. But yeah, um, and the Little Mermaid, of course. Uh, I think Sofia Coppola is still attached to that. I'm not 100. percent I'm trying to. Remember, who did they have as the actor attached to that? I don't think she is anymore. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure Disney's got more in the pipeline because uh, they know what they're doing. It's weird. Like Disney's like the only studio right now who just like knows what they're doing, and it's just like. Here's another really well-made movie that everyone's going to like because we know, you know, we know how to make movies. Yes, like Sofia Coppola dropped out. Oh, she dropped out. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think there might actually be two Little Mermaids in production as well. I was gonna say hers. I don't see it being like a straightforward tale like this was. I, I, I would like to see her like do a Marie Antoinette Little Mermaid story. <laughs> At the same time, though, like, do you think Disney's going to be able to resist doing like Under the Sea, you know, or no, um, no. or what's her other? I can't think of the song, but the the one she sings. Yeah, yeah, the one she sings. Yeah, the one she, you know, with the what do you call them feet? That song. Oh right. Yeah. Holy shit! I've got feet. But uh, yeah, no, I I don't know. I enjoyed myself. I. I find like the weird backlash against this movie a little weird, I guess. Uh, so the auto tune thing, like I feel like this is like people learn what something is as like an easy way to dismiss it. 
like auto tune. It's like, dude, every fucking song you've heard on the radio in the last 15 years has like pitch correction applied to it. Like you're not impressive for being like, that is auto tune. Like all the songs you listen to are auto tune. Like I like everyone in that movie was auto tune. It wasn't like they just auto tuned Emma Watson. I thought she sounded fine. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's most noticeable, obviously, with Dan Stevens because there's a well, there, he's literally voice. pitching yeah. his voice yeah. down, yeah, and no one complained about that because he he sounds like Worf from Star Trek. He sounded to me like the Beast should sound. Yeah, you know, that's the best way I could put it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I auto tune is. I don't know. I feel like people they they learn a. Uh, you know it's like some and to some extent complaining about cgi like ah, that cgi it's like there's cgi in like every movie you watch like what you're complaining about is not cgi it's bad cgi hmm. um, so that that's essentially my rant um I, I thought she sounded fine i really don't know what people complain about i feel yeah. like they're just looking for a reason to hate her which is weird to me um that's because hermione hmm. grew up and She's she a became woman. a feminist and Brain. that really angers all the she likes to suggest boys on the internet and, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah i think of some other stuff what'd you think of gaston um <laughs> you know luke evans is is likable in this despicable role i mean it definitely seems like good casting to me yeah because i never really liked uh luke evans mm-hmm. he's all seemed like kind of a scumbag so he always seemed like there's like i feel like there's a hero role for him that he just never is given um because he always plays slimy i'm trying to remember was he in girl in the train hobbits movies? he was in the hobbits movies he was i can't even remember who he was in the hobbit movies he's the dude in the river oh, that's right. town he's bard that's right yeah he yeah. sucked yeah um, I think there was some kind of weird Dracula movie he did. No, I think that was Jonathan Reese Myers. Ugh. I think that was like part of their like monster cinematic universe or something. Has it actually even taken off? Maybe the mummy is part of it. I'm not 100% on the that. new one with Tom Cruise. I think, yeah, I don't know. Universal doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, I would love to see Tom Cruise stick around for mm-hmm. when the mummy meets the wolf man, etc. That'd be a great trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and they did a good job. I mean, he's not like the big, bulky, ridiculous physique of the cartoon well, who guy. Is? I yeah, mean, exactly. And, unless he casts like The Rock or something. But he's got a, yep. Yeah, oh God, that'd be insane. He's still more roided up and huge mm-hmm. than the CGI beast. Yeah. <laughs> the beast is like, did you forget leg day? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he plays it big and he's good at playing a character who's in love with himself and knows everyone else is in love with himself. Um, honorable mention is when he's like, are you going to trust the word of some washed up old hag? No offense. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> no offense. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I could definitely see definitely the issues with, with Joss Gat, Gad's portrayal of the food, but uh, I feel like he's good at building up the, Pobacity of pretty, from what I recall, he seems pretty close to the cartoon LeFou with just there's like some more modern affectations here and there, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, the, the LeFou character is pretty ridiculous anyway, and so. that's probably just what it looks like in live action, as, as a lot of this stuff is kind yeah. of you know, the you deal with aspects of the uncanny valley and what have you. Um, 
I'm sure some of the, I mean, like I said, I, I was in fourth grade when this movie yeah. came out and I've probably seen it once or twice since that era of my life. Um, I'm sure there's some, obviously some new scenes, some new lines, like, uh, I'm sure there, you want to marry into that family. Yeah. <laughs> I know there were new songs. I just, I'm not sure which one, maybe one that the B sings at one point, uh, where he's like remembering his mother. I think that might've been new. I really liked the one he did after she left. Oh yeah. With a long pull out. Well, that was one of the things with some of the montages. I mean, that's, that's the nice thing about the magical universe of musicals is that you can really play of time and or oh, like an emotion a week or something well some of it but like that song i was like oh he's he's dealing with all the days since she left she's still going like yeah. that song lasts until she got off the property um <laughs> um but i know like you know they i don't think they did the peebo bryson celine dion song i know celine dion did a song at the end maybe they did of the movie the cartoon yeah from the I cartoon. Don't that at all. i think josh groban did a new song um I mean, I like the music. It it's just catchy enough. You know, you got "Be My Guest" and all that stuff. Well, I mean, even the trailers for this movie, like, it's almost cheating to be able to use a Beauty and the Beast music. Yeah, like all the trailers had to do is like play, you know, the one key, one piano key version of it, and they made like a hundred million just with that. Cause yeah, it's like a Pavlovian response. People are like, "Oh shit, I remember that." Yeah, yeah. Well, like the musical cues that they tried to invoke at the end of the trailers for both Harry Potter. And then again for the Hunger Games, you know. Um, I'll try it. Yeah, but it's not the same. I mean, the chords to the Beauty and the Beast song are just like stamped into people's memory. But I mean, like, speaking of that, like, who who are you going to get to replace uh, Angela Lansbury? Of course, it'll be Emma Thompson um, as Mrs. Potts. Maybe some minor issues with that. Oh, go. I, I'm not sure about the Cockney accent. Okay. Like, Emma Thompson has a few accents she can do. I don't know if that's the one I would have gone with. Hmm. Maybe a little more posh, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Part of me wanted to see when he was turned into a human chip with just like a dented skull. <laughs> <laughs> also, one complaint. Uh, you, you, got a, you got a movie full of like 12 speaking roles and this great bizarre ensemble inside that crazy castle. Um, one actor who's always good at playing the cartoonish aspect of these kind of characters is Stanley Tucci, who I felt like, like got he had the nothing. least. He yeah. got the least. He just... It was like they're they just told him like be weird, you yeah. know. He's doing stuff with his grins as far as acting work, like like Tom Hanks is doing with his hand and saving Private Ryan. It was a lot of like he's losing teeth stuff, which I don't remember if that was in the cartoon or not. I don't remember, but then he has like his teeth, and then like he doesn't have his teeth yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and uh, so okay, so his wife was there. I'm trying to remember who was it. His wife was Audrey Cogsworth's wife, just like pieced out on him right and so, mrs pot's husband so okay as the curse goes i presume it was the workers who love to serve stuck around in the castle everyone else pieced out when you know shit went mm-hmm. cray when the enchantress showed up which what a great name i'd love to be called the enchantress um but she showed up and so I, then they were made to forget and so yeah, the evil weird. Oh, true. so they were made to forget. Was that part? Yeah, of Yeah, that it? was part. Of it. They were okay. made to forget. Um, I guess that explains why they just never bothered to go to this like massive palace that's like you know over the hill. Yeah, yeah. Everyone didn't know it was there. Why they're all presumably just drastically unhappy. Okay. Um, Cogsworth, who really <laughs> is not that into his wife. No, I don't know if they're like going to the little joke, you know, with Ian McKellen there or what. But yeah, Cogsworth. It was seems like you'd rather be a clock. Yeah. 
Which is also funny, those kind of jokes, because you have like Luke Evans mm-hmm. in the role of Gaston, too. Um, also, it's just funny to see Ian McKellen with like a little fat pooch, you know, like pouch of stomach there. Oh, did he have yeah, one? He had a little one okay. at the end, yeah, like, like the clock body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ridiculous mustache, yeah. I, and the monocle. I absolutely believe that, like, I would, I would, I mean, personally, I would have had. Ewan McGregor do every inch of mocap <laughs> for this role. Every I hope goddamn so. inch. Yeah. I do wonder, like, a, some behinds of the scene of this would have looked interesting because they definitely built a lot of sets. And um, a lot of it was clearly like blue screen, looking at nothing. Some of it, yeah, but I mean, like, there were there were definitely real sets you could pick out, and obviously because they're working with a bunch of CG characters, mm-hmm. there's a lot of blue screen too. I just wonder, like, the dancing sequence, for instance, mm-hmm. when you know the Beauty and the Beast. Uh, song like the end. was that just some tall guy she was dancing with and like wearing like green you know body stocking or something oh, oh, oh. yeah when he's a beast when yeah. they're the dancing uh, the dance mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i thought you're making everything so lovely we should have a dance yeah um that's a good question like how much did she and dance Beast Stevens... is all like pretending that he's not smooth you know he's got a great like oh, turn my so lovely we should have a dance great like turn my swag on like stomp throughout the castle also some of his outfits are just straight up tatters mm-hmm. some of them are just like he's like wearing a shawl like yeah. pimp garb well i thought i mean obviously i think they wanted to work against the whole like stockholm syndrome stuff like that yeah, yeah. Uh, by making it a little bit more of a romance instead of just she can't leave and then magically she's in love with him mm-hmm. um like it by the time she came back to help him out it didn't really seem it seems like she could have left if she wanted to mm-hmm. it but i don't know it was like you know on her honor or whatever you know well they implied that the things he say mean nothing yeah yeah, yeah. well it, it almost seemed like more of uh kind of the that old kind of like the way they would take hostages and wards back in medieval and times and whatnot you know or is or even game of thrones yeah or game of thrones it's like a formal arrangement more than like i kidnapped you you know right but it was like because she said she would stay she couldn't truly leave until he said she could because you know because then she would be like breaking her word or whatever because of air quotes honor yeah yeah yeah. (sighs) i mean I wonder if this movie will bring back like smoking jackets for a modern crowd. Oh, we can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you get like a smoking jacket, but it's just like little print of like Arya's crazy face. I don't know about that. That might drive you insane. <laughs> um, what was up? It was a very brief thing, but the like the the mental hospital guy who like brings the cart mm-hmm. for the loony bin. He had like one line, but it was like this really weird. I don't know. There's something about that actor. I looked him up. I don't remember him from anything, but like it really stuck out. Like me and you both laughed at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know what was so funny about that. Maybe it was just, he seemed so devious or, you know, like this dude's been in a ton of things mm -hmm. and like none of it really, I believe his character name is Muncher Dark. Yeah. 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 He did a voice in the Golden Knight game. Mm, Okay. But yeah, something about I, I I felt like we could have had a few more lines from that guy. He seemed almost cartoonish in his uh, ne'er do well spirit. Oh, hey, I mean, anyone who can make one line work mm-hmm. that well for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't been on like Game of Thrones or something. He has like a 
weird English face. He looks a little bit like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a slightly more evil, uh, uh, what's his name who played House? Oh, yeah, yeah, Hugh Laurie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. What was up? There was, was that like some sort of three musketeer joke with the three guys? Uh, the one who turns out to like women's clothing. And then uh, ends up with LaFoe. Yeah, because they, they kept cutting to those guys. Those are like, I guess, Gaston's henchmen. Yeah, they're like the three henchmen in reserve of Gaston and LaFoe, mm-hmm. um, who are war heroes. Um, I, I did have a good chuckle at the, like when Gaston's freaking out, LaFoe's just like, calm down. Think of the war. <laughs> think of people dying, explosions, widows. Widows. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, uh, the wardrobe ladies just like, boo, 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 here covered in like, like women's dresses. And the other two guys, because they're super hetero, just like, oh shit. Ah! And they're running, right? Yeah. Um, Was but, the wardrobe falling asleep constantly in the cartoon? That I don't I just I couldn't remember whether or not that was like a regular thing or. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if it was like a narcoleptic wardrobe. Um it made me it made me laugh when I realized that I don't think we've ever really seen depictions of the musketeers with like muskets. Um they had It's always swords, sword fighting. Well, yeah, cuz I mean it took forever to load your gun, but they had firearms in like the Charlie Sheen Kiefer Sutherland Oliver Flat version, the one that which was is out, the best one. Which by is the way. one that was out when we were kids. Yeah, yeah that is You a, mean the best one. That's that is what a you strong mean. one. Mm-hmm. That is a strong one. Um also just general rant about movies in general. Nine trailers before this. Oh Jesus Christ. Nine fucking trailers. Twenty four minutes after the movie was supposed to start, it actually started. Um but yeah, speaking of uh, the Musketeers in France and whatnot, mm-hmm. it was nice to see a lot of money on screen. Maybe it's just because I've been watching mostly TV lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was nice to just like, yeah, that's where all the money went. And it wasn't just CGI. It was like, there's some sets, there's some locations, oh. you know. Um, where are you not seeing the money? Where are they not showing you the money? Uh, I'd have to think of what I have watched recently. I mean, I've, I've just been mostly watching TV where it's obviously they don't have as big of a budget. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, like they went out and cast like 50 extras to be in that movie. So I don't really, I know I'm opening the door and I regret this. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to like go into like a Legion rant, but like, let me throw this idea at you. Oh, God. Dan Stevens, mm-hmm. cousin Matthew as Bond. You know, I've I've seen his name thrown about recently. Um, I I'm not quite sure if he like maybe hit the gym a little bit. It's not the gym. I I I don't know. Maybe he can do it. I supposedly he's really good in the guest as like a more I don't know intimidating Hardcore, role. Yeah. yeah, I mean I wouldn't see that from Legion for sure. He's a little too you know twitchy. I'm crazy. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know. I was happy at the end that uh, Belle said something about maybe him adding a beard there. I feel like she she should have done something about that hair too. Like I, it's the same thing I thought when I saw the original Beauty and the Beast. It's like he he turns back into the prince and it's like yeah, but that hair, man. I don't know. Get some scissors. So when he first turns into the Beast, the the two teen girls next to me were like, oh, that's not bad. He's hot. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, when he came back though, because the hair was just it's just long like prince valium hair to the side like it reminded me like uh that brief flash at the end of devil's advocate when suddenly like pacino has like long hair out of nowhere devil's advocate no i've never seen it you've never seen the devil's advocate never seen you're a goddamn liar we watched it together no we didn't yeah we did no we didn't yeah we did okay we're doing that next (laughs) week you're wrong we're doing the devil's Devil's advocate next week 
we're not falling with a knife gate um i yeah i liked his hair and the wig and the whole like i said the bizarre look Mm -hmm. at the beginning i didn't mind it so much when he first resumes being cousin matthew uh during the dancing it was really silly i I almost felt like that was an improvement with all his like little curls and everything the blue bow as opposed to i mean you know whatever sweet little blue bow but as as opposed to just the long like curtains on each side of his face i don't know some there's like guys who can do the long hair and guys who can't i feel like he's one of the ones who can't um so obviously like there's no point it's not like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park where like I really felt like those were dinosaurs as much as you could possibly humanly get. You know, he definitely looked like a CGI creature as the beast. Still wasn't as jarring as, speaking of the nine fucking trailers, wasn't as jarring as CGI young Jack Sparrow. Oh. That really yeah. unnerved me. I it, I couldn't say it unnerved me because that whole movie looks like it's CGI. So Also, Johnny Depp may or may not. Probably does beat his wife. Mm-hmm. He beats his wife. No, ex-wife. Ex-wife. Yeah. Like 60 years old. He's playing a pirate. I see. I'm not as. He can go make pirate movies. Stay out of the Harry Potter movies. That's that's my feeling on him. God, he's really uncomfortable to look at as. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name at the end of that? You saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. we did. We didn't do a headcanon, but we did. A, we talked about it on one of our I know podcasts. we've got. We've been asked like every two weeks. We're asked if we're going to ever do that movie. <sighs> yeah. Maybe, but I didn't like the movie. I don't have a strong desire to go watch it again. Oh, yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't like Eddie Redmayne. My my power rankings are. I didn't like Catherine Waters. Um. Yeah, I didn't like her. What What's the dude's I name? I like to find frenzy, and I like the other guy, Fogelman. Oh yeah, he he was okay. Yeah, that guy and his girlfriend, and I don't know why I can't think of this actor's name. Uh, Gray's Percival Gray's. Oh, Colin. Uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Way up high in the rankings, along with uh, the, as the other in, two. As in, you didn't like him? No, as I did like him. Like he really? was so much better than what we're gonna get as Johnny Depp. It's just depressing. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Beauty and the Beast. Uh, let's see. Shall we go into make one change and then power rankings? Sure. I'm trying to think. I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. Mm-hmm. Was this ever like a? It's a classic fairy tale, mm-hmm. but it was never like a like a Dumas book or anything like that. No, it? it's written by um, a guy named. Uh, it may not be a guy. Sorry. Um, uh, French names confuse me. Uh, Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve is the author. Um, it's basically an adaptation of Cupid and Psyche story. Um, hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah, like Eros and Psyche. Uh, kind of. With yeah, obviously some modifications. I mean, it's definitely inspired by that. But uh, yeah, not a not a Dumas. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just curious because the the Musketeers thing. But I want to say in The Witcher, there's a mission you do that's basically it's similar to Beauty and the Beast, where it's like somebody's been cursed to be ugly, and I think it's like you have to go just eat a meal with them. And like talk to them, and then they like transform. That just sounds like the worst. That's a good game. Relating to another human being mm-hmm. on a personal level, oh, it's exhausting. All yeah. right. Well, if you could make one change in this movie, what would it be? Um, shit, I don't know. Um, I'd love to. I would love to have like a, a Bell only sequel. <laughs> Doing what? <laughs> no idea. First of all, how dare you exclude? Lumiere from that sequel. Oh, without a doubt, without mm-hmm. a doubt. 
<laughs> oh, I would. I just. What is? I don't know what he's interviewing for. It might be this movie where you've seen the, the where Hugh McGregor's making the rounds and he's bald. Oh no, I haven't. Oh, he's bald. I, have you seen his look from Fargo season three? No. Oh yeah, he's like a like kind it's of like unrecognizable. Uh, yeah. yeah, it might be he's part like of bald. it. Yeah, he might have had to shave his head for that. Um, I would love to see him do the rounds, like the talk shows and stuff, like dressed like Lumiere at the end of this movie. That or bring back what is that shitty movie where he has the fucking like Van Dyke? Oh, the Jack and the Giant ja- Killer. Yeah, Jack and the that Giant is a Killer. Terrible movie. Ewan McGregor in that movie is just like, put it all on me, put all the weight on me. I will do everything I can for your movie. Brian Singer, even though it sucks. Uh, I I mean, I've talked about how I would love to do like a uh, like a, a K Stew podcast. I would love to do a Ewan McGregor podcast. Mm-hmm. Just all Ewan McGregor young Adam, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Young Adam. <laughs> I made this custard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I hope we're getting into a, a McGregor sans right now because I feel like there was <laughs> there was like a weird dark period where you like kept playing villains, you know, Angels like and in Angels yeah. and Demons and um there was one recently where he played like both like Jesus and the devil, I want to say, or something weird like that. Uh, hey, 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 get out of my fantasies. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's time for the McGregor songs. If they don't like, why do we need a fucking movie on how they sold the Death Star plans? Like if we're doing that, like we need like middle age Obi-Wan movie. Mm-hmm. I don't even care what it's about. We just need it. Or a movie about some of the Death Star plans and every character is played by Ewan McGregor. I wonder what he's got in the docket here. Yeah, I'm excited for him in Fargo season three. I know the train spotting t- sequel just came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot in the docket. I feel like uh, he's he's ripe. I don't know, like Marvel or well, Train Spotting Two. Yeah, that's just, that's out. Yeah, that's out. I think this weekend, right? Maybe like limited. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, he's got he's done he's done some really good movies. He's done some really bad movies. And if if I was making any movie at all. He's my first phone call, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. The, the good movie, the bad movies, the Venn diagram, it's like it's 50-50 if you're going to get his dick. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's retired the dick. Willing to hang dong? I yeah. feel like he probably has not. Maybe he just hasn't been asked to. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen some of his more uh, indie type stuff. He's in that Jane Got a Gun movie that Natalie Portman insisted on making. Oh, the Western? Yeah. Yeah, there's a movie called The Last Days in the Desert where he plays Jesus. Are you Jesus. looking at his his IMDb Wikipedia? Uh-huh. So let's say we were doing a Hugh McGregor podcast. Pick a movie on here that you've never seen him in that you would do Me? first. Yeah. Oh, well, I have never seen Young Adam. I've only heard you tell oh. me stories about it. Oh, yes. Episode one, Young Adam. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see Down of Love just because he's got a crazy look in that and his name is Catcher Block. <laughs> and then sometimes he just, he just softballs it with movies... With titles like Scenes of a Sexual Nature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just describing what's on screen there. I've never seen The Island, but I, that looks terrible. Oh, man, that's a bad movie. That was the one where the, I think it was the Rolling Stone article talked about, because ScarJo is the, the female lead, yeah. mm-hmm. that you, you basically take the male lead's age and whatever the actress, like half that, that's like the appropriate age to be the love interest. Yeah, she's pretty young in that. Yeah, that's, I mean, how do you, how do you cast Scarlett Johansson and Ian McGregor and make them both bad? They found a way. Basically. Michael Bay can yeah. do it. Oh, th- that fucking trailer. Should we talk about the trailer for the Transformers movie? How about it? Where they're like, look, Beauty and the Beast fans who are yeah. in this female demograph. We have a young, badass character in our Transformers movie. Look how badass she is. 
Have we said she's badass? She's gonna say a few more badass things. It was you want to even... see this movie. It was like it to me. It's like so obvious that like that character, the young girl, is probably like not even in a quarter of the movie or something. Well, it wasn't even so much a full on trailer. It was like a fictionalized in character PSA. Yeah, for like not treating girls like princesses and it like was treating so them like smart pandering, people. Though, yeah, it was like. Like I've seen your movies, Michael Bay. I've seen your Transformers movies. Like I know without a doubt that this young girl is not going to be the lead role. It's going to be fucking Mark Wahlberg. Oh shit! Just look at the cast of Transformers the last night. That'll depress you. Yeah. Also, Mark Wahlberg's character's name is Cade Geiger. Oh my god! Did you see the fourth one? Didn't we see that together? We might have. I mean, that's those the movies... one where he carries the dude carries the uh, laminated. Like yeah. legal things saying why he can fuck the dude's under 18 daughter. Yeah, the, the entire movie screeches to a halt. Was so it the, Romeo and Juliet the, laws? The boyfriend can pull out his laminated card identifying the law that allows him to fuck a minor. Yeah, yeah. that's a real thing that happened in that movie. You, uh, He beat you to it, Ezra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie, it, Michael Bay movies, it's like you just feel how much he hates you and, and you know, America and human humanity in general, like sitting through those movies. They're, they're, like just being kicked in the skull repeatedly. Is this like the the eighth or ninth one? Ninth what? Transformers? Movie? Yeah, it's the fifth. Ugh. Yeah, God, nine of them. Jesus, just fucking have the have the fucking Fast and the Furious people like drive their way into this franchise and just mash mm-hmm. them both together and then end the world. All right, my make one change. Uh, as I mentioned, I'd I'd just lose the Cockney accent on Mrs. Potts. That's it. I feel like we can do better. That's all you would do. One change, yeah. Okay, right. I'm not saying make many changes. I just if I could change one thing, it would do that. Well, like so that video that that Josh Gad just did uh, with Daisy Ridley, it's mm-hmm. because they're both in the Canada Frana Murder, Murder on the Express. Express. Yeah. Um, and I believe I know Brana's directing. I think he's playing Poirot, which I eh, think so. Eh. No, that's not that feels right to me because Poirot's a ridiculous character. Wouldn't you rather have like like? Ewan McGregor yeah. as pro, uh, like, like, just picture, picture. Let me, uh, let me pitch this movie as an executive. Right. This Perot fucks. <laughs> this Perot fucks. No, I mean, young Perot, high five. Whoa, um, yeah. <laughs> Ewan is young Perot. I see. I, but yeah, regular Perot. I think he needs to be a little older, and he's absolutely ridiculous as a character. So I think you need somebody equally ridiculous like Brana to just be like, I'm a. Royal Shakespearean actor, give it to me. Even I'll you, do it. even Ian McKellen after this movie, I thought would have been a great old Perot. Old Perot, he's already played old. old <laughs> this Sherlock. old Perot, fucks, <laughs> dudes. Yeah, <laughs> you could boys Belgian. Yeah, I mean you could put them both in the same movie, like flash forward, flashback. <laughs> it's like uh, in Indiana Jones, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, where it's like old Perot at the beginning, flashing back to young Perot. <laughs> yes. Oh, we need to. Uh, I'd say we need to call our agent. We don't have an agent. We need an agent that we can call. That's 100% going to be the content of the next time travel murder mystery. Is Young this Perot fucks? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to start a hashtag where people just take uh, Perot talk. I we're talking about sexual. Young Perot, Ewan's like 46 years old. <laughs> what? So he's, is oh, he sorry. too old to be Pope? 45. My mistake. <laughs> is he too old to be a young Pope? Mm-hmm. He would have been so much better as a young Pope. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt. Also, that hair. Yeah. He's got an excellent Scottish mane. All right, where were we? Uh, let's do our power <laughs> rankings. What do you got, number 10? Uh, uh, Kevin Klein is Maurice Bell's dad. Hmm. All the way down 10, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Kevin Klein, 
I don't dislike Kevin Klein. He's always serviceable. He's a chameleon. But like it, serviceable is a good word. It yeah. wasn't amazing, you know. It's just kind of there. That's yeah. fair. I put the Munger Dark at number 10 just because <laughs> it's so weird. I feel like I need to see the movie again just for that one line. <laughs> um at nine I have uh Josh Gaddis Lefo. Okay. Not a big LeFou fan. Um, it's not that I was a, a LeFou hater. It's that I put a lot of characters higher. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. There's a, there's a wealth of talent here. Yeah. I, have a, I feel like I'm insulting somebody in the cast by this, but I have Felipe the horse at number nine. <laughs> <laughs> really? No offense to anyone who didn't make the list. It's a trusty horse. Maurice is about to fall to the wolves, and the horse just like runs right by, perfect timing for yeah. him to fall. Yeah, you know they did a good job with like of the the production design of the one wolf with the like the scarred eye. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have a fucking story. It's not like he talks. He's not Scar from Lion King, but it was like enough. Like I recognized him. He was just evil enough as like the wolf leader. Mm-hmm. I I mean I don't want to praise Bill Condon too much because unfortunately I did see that Twilight movie, but. uh Twilight movies. I, I sense that he is kind of like... This is way better than those. He's a workman-like director where you... He's going to bring your material to life. Mm-hmm. And if your material sucks, it's going to suck at living. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Uh, criminally underused, as usual, uh, Stanley Tucci. Okay. The Tucci needs more work. Tucci could play uh, middle-aged Perot. Yeah. No offense to the Tooch. He could play just regular Moreau. Yeah. Uh, he did not make it. Felipe edged him out. Um, no, I had uh, <laughs> I had Plumet, uh played by Gugu and Bathara at number eight. I thought uh, her and Lumaire had a just a nice vibe together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't, voice-wise, I didn't realize it was her, too, until the end. But yeah, uh, number number seven for me is, is Gugu and Bathara, which I just realized... Um, the autocorrect on my laptop changed to guru <laughs> works for yeah. me. Also, she's still, if you haven't seen it, fantastic in that episode, black mirror, but yeah, she's my number Is seven. That the, um, San Junipero. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I was thinking of a different one. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any season three. Hmm. I'll get to it eventually. It's about half good. I was watching the John ham one and like, <laughs> it was like the it was like where he's like guiding the guy around mm-hmm. like on a date. It was like almost too awkward. Like I just had to pause it and then never got back to it. You never got back to it? Yeah. Can I spoil one part for you? It's probably sure. right there. The best part of that as he's guiding the guy around is you realize that like there's a whole chat room of like six of his other students. Oh, he's who are also all. watching. Yeah, he does them oh. all at once, but like they're all just watching this too. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> all right. Uh, where are we at? Number seven? Yeah. I had Maurice at number seven. Wow. Yeah. Why'd you? I don't know. I mean, a lot of these, it's like, you know, is Maurice better or worse than Plumet? Who knows? You know, I just kind of, I think I put Maurice in at number seven early and then just worked around him. Um, my number six is Mrs. Potts. Um, I like her for what it is. She, she, you know, as much as it's basically just voice work as far as the actor's part and then decent mm-hmm. animation of the CGI and stuff. Uh, Chip bothered me in a sense that I don't know if it was from from the cartoon i mean i like i like the little details of chip like the little bed that he has i suspect i know why chip bothered you because for a split second you saw him as a human being first and he looked like an annoying kid no no i don't even remember him as a kid because i was really looking hard at like ooh, i see the people Mm -hmm. here the only person i could pick out in the prologue other than dan stevens was the tooch 
because right. he's got that fucking grin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no teeth. Yeah, yeah. Later on, no teeth. Um, no, it's that like the the fucking. He just really calls attention. Chip calls attention to the defiance of physics of the fucking saucer in the cup. It's <laughs> yeah, just flying around like it's like it's got aliens inside of at it. At one point, he's like firing saucers at everyone. They're just not breaking. I yeah. just wanted him to, to jump up at one point and just be like, yippee, and then smash into porcelain. <laughs> oh, yeah. At one point, I was wondering, like, how exactly is Plume that flying? Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, Cogsworth can't fly, but Plume that, I guess, just because she's a feather duster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Are we on number six now? Or did you just do it? That was my number six. Yeah. Okay. At number six, I have Gaston. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's some other characters I like slightly more, but I think I'd be hard pressed to pick up a, a better Gaston casting. Like, I feel like it was just like, yep, that's Gaston, you know? Like, other than like having like ridiculously roided muscles. Yeah. Uh, I felt like he pretty much nailed it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all Gaston's there. Gaston's a dick, mirror. man. He is gaslighting, shooting a dude in the back after you he like allowed you to live. Yeah, several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several times. Um, and yet I've seen I've seen a lot of Twitter reactions of people from young women who were just like, "I'd fuck Gaston, I'd fuck his brains out." Um, number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have Cogsworth. Mm, it's so Ian McKellen. Come on. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, Cogsworth is fun. He's always late. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, I I see again. I I don't have the instant recall of the cartoon. I've seen the movie several times. It wasn't like my favorite, the Disney animated. Because then, as a kid, are you a Lion King guy? If that sense you are, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like I grew up in the era of like babysitters. When I was little, my parents worked. Where it's like this was kind of who like your third parent. Someone mm-hmm. just put on a fucking Disney VHS. Oh, as long as we're having this conversation, what, what, what was your go-to Disney animated movie? Probably little mermaid. Mm-hmm. Probably the one I've seen the most. Yeah. You? Well, are we doing just, just like new, like, you know, 1990 and on, like you know, the modern era. Disney, you know, the era we're talking about 2d animation when we were like kids. Are, are we going back all the way though? Cause there's like, a movie to like Dumbo. Yeah. Is Dumbo yours? No. Okay. Um, this movie is actually like probably the worst Disney movie ever made, but because I was young, I didn't realize how bad and how the sloppy bears? it was. No. Oh. Robin Hood. You think it's bad? It's like on a technical level, it's actually terrible. It's like Disney animation was dying when they made that movie. It's like a technical embarrassment. Maybe, but, but I think as a kid, you don't realize that. I think just like it because it's Robin Hood. I think there's some some definitely like remembered iconic moments, mm-hmm. like the archery contest, yeah, which yeah. is perfection. But I I have to wonder though if my you know twenty year obsession with the Devil's Daughter came from the Little Mermaid, the Devil's Daughter, just redheads, man. Okay, messed mm. you up. Interesting. Um, what are we on? Uh, five Cogsworth. Yeah. I, I almost wish like there was a bit where it seems like Cogsworth is going to have to fight those musketeer dudes. Mm. I I kind of wanted like a fencing scene there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it would work exactly, but oh, I think they could have made it work. I was going to say what my point was that uh, uh, I don't remember from the cartoon they did it like ad nauseum, but I did not mind at all when he's just like, oh, it's running like clockwork. I was just like, <laughs> nailed it <laughs> every time. All right. What do you got for number four? Dan Stevens. The perfect just combination. The, the perfect combination of David Boreanaz and Worf from Star Trek. Hmm. Orianas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have LeFou at number four. Wow. What does LeFou mean? I can't mean to look that up. Such a weird name. 
Um, but yeah, I thought he was fun. He was almost freakishly like the cartoon in a lot of ways, like in appearance and whatnot. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I felt like he definitely just inhabited the role as like the little toady guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, Gaston. Naturally, yeah. Naturally. I have the Beast at number three. I thought he was pretty good. Uh, I would say better than the Beast I recall from the cartoon. I felt like he had a little more personality. And they they gave him a little more time to kind of like get to know each other, fall in love. Because I want to say in the cartoon, it's just like a montage and that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like they... They managed to get some personality into that character, which isn't easy when it's all CGI. Yeah, yeah. There's some charm there. Mm-hmm. Um, his his voice and however much he might have mocapped or whatever, you know, plays off. I mean, I think it's the turning point is probably the library line. You read all of these books? Oh, no, not all. Some are in Greek. Greek. Yeah. Um. Uh, two and one. This was hard. Mm-hmm. This was hard. I can imagine. Yeah. Number two, though. Lumiere, Hugh <laughs> McGregor, especially when you see him in his outfit. Oh my god! Yeah, I have Lumiere at number two. It's as like, well. how does it go from eleven to twelve? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lumiere, he was great. And I, in my memory of the cartoon, I'm sure people are going to get sick of us saying that. Um, <laughs> it seemed like Cogsworth was a little more involved. And this one, Lumiere is really like he had the master plan. Yeah, you know, he was even like, "Don't tell her about the curse." I kind of wanted them to have a line in there about why. They shouldn't tell her about the curse. So I feel like the the obvious explanation the mirror would give would be like it would it wouldn't be real. Like once she knows that, like you know, it's like don't think about an elephant, you think about an elephant kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it wouldn't be real if they told her. Don't look under there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to say underwear. Yeah. Um. Also, yeah. Also, don't fuck up his his plan. He's got a plan to manipulate this girl into falling in love with this this fugly dude to break this curse. Don't shit on this. I mean. He's he's the most functional, like body wise, out of all of them. But he's got his hot, like feather duster bird babe, and like, and he, th- this candelabra does not fuck. <laughs> not until he changes back. Yeah, yeah. he still lights on fire. I kind of wonder, like, do they all make like retain some portion of their enchanted cells? Well, like afterwards? when the, when Dan Stevens growls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I just too many jokes there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, where does Lumiere's fire come from now? <laughs> Number one, obviously, we both have Belle. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was great. I don't know. Fuck the haters, man. Yeah, yeah. Always, we always love Emma Watson. I, I, I can't wait to see the circle just because of her and, and Tom Hanks. But yeah, I love the little additions of her as like her, her dad's assistant. She's an inventor. She's a steampunk adventurer. She's just a girl trying to enjoy her fucking life in their provincial town. Um, Everyone thinks she's weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's a funny girl. Yeah. She, I don't know. I, I thought she perfectly nailed the character. She's very charming. I, I liked her singing. Yeah. I, I don't really have anything bad to say about her in this movie. Exactly. Um, yeah. And as far as like the, you know, the Disney princesses go, this is one of the few that isn't a princess. Right. Yeah. I guess maybe she is at the end of the movie. I don't know. If she marries him, maybe she becomes a princess, but whatever. Like, I don't know. It, obviously designed to be even more of a role model than bell used to be yeah you know yeah by giving her some technical know-how and teaching people to read and whatnot um i like that she isn't necessarily it's not really necessarily a wedding dress at the end of this movie yeah it could just be be Mm -hmm. a dance where hey we all have legs and like 
vaginas and penises again. Um, and I like that. I like that she could like, you know, why don't we just date for a while? Yeah. Let's get to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was definitely not ready to have kids. Started also, I wanted to bring this up because I noticed it like five times throughout the movie. It reminded me since I knew we were doing headcanon and we've talked about Star Wars, like uh, the nightmare version, the beast version of the castle, much like the Death Star, not totally ADA compliant. A lot of ledges there. A lot of, a lot of walkway ledges that have no railing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And magically all back together. Yeah. I was thinking of that during the movie. I'm like, is uh, when the enchantment ends, is they going to fix all this masonry here? Because otherwise well, this place is about to fall apart. Recon might, might make one change. Maybe a little bit more. Give me another minute with the enchantress at the end when she's just like, and eh, you know, you missed, you missed your time limit, but I'm going to magic it all. Okay. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But like, why was the enchantress living as a hag in the woods? She shows yeah. up like Emperor Palpatine. Then she turns into like a uh, fucking Gladriel for a minute. And then she's just like the, the bar wench. Yeah. For two hours. Like, I mean, I guess you kind of suspected when well, she like, saved Maurice. She, well, because she takes him back to her like obvious like witches hut, you know, where there's like shit brewing and stuff. But like, yeah. Why has she just been chilling in this town? Like, shouldn't she have cursed everyone in the town by yeah. now yeah, yeah, for yeah. being assholes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, she should have turned Gaston's dick into, like, a little mirror. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Think about Think it. about that one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? No, it's just uh, Tales of Time. Charming movie. Yeah, yeah it is. Recommend going to see it. Um, unless, cheeks hurt from smiling. Unless you're one of those people who just like really doesn't want to see like the cartoon turned into a movie and it angers you just that it exists. Or you have no capacity for joy. Yeah. If you're not one of those people, go see it. Uh, yeah. So that's Beating the Beast. I don't know when we'll be back next. I know there's there's some movies coming out this summer, but I'm not sure if there's any in the next month or two that we'll see. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll just go get to work on that Ian McGregor podcast. Mm-hmm. Young Perot. The McGregor sauce. The McGregor sauce. McGregor, McGregor sauce. sauce. That's a that's part of Young Perot. Yeah. Anyway. I wonder which would get us more attention. McGregor sauce or McGregor sauce? Yeah. Mm. Or just the letter. And the then cease the, and desist. The McGregor sauce podcast mm-hmm. can get into a street fight with the McConaissance people. Mm. Yeah, that McConaissance, it, it's sauce. <laughs> it's sauce is no more. It's turned into just sauce. All right. Till next time. Peace.